Hi, I'm Justin King, and welcome to the Blue Chip Academy. As a five-star recruit, all-Big Ten corner, NFL vet, and Power 5 recruiting coordinator, I understand the emotions that go along with the recruiting process. The Blue Chip Academy is here to provide education, critical insights, and mentorship through the recruiting process for families and athletes alike. When athletes and their families have proper education and guidance, they're able to make better decisions and set themselves up for long-term success. Blue Chip Academy provides the resources and information that empowers athletes to create their own blue chip blueprint and take ownership of their careers. Blue Chip Academy exists because when athletes and their families are armed with the right information, they're able to make the decisions for themselves that positively impact their future. Again, I'll be your host, Justin King, and welcome to Blue Chip Academy. Welcome back to the Blue Chip Academy podcast, the Blueprint to Success interview series, providing unique blueprints, tactical knowledge, best practices, and navigate the critical points in the elite sports ecosystem so athletes and parents can prepare a plan to a career path that any athlete can bank on. Our next guest, former Pitt soccer goalie and gateway standout, who is currently sports medicine physician and assistant professor at Nova uh, Southeastern University. Let's welcome Dr. Layla Isaac. How you doing, Layla? Hello. I'm good. Thanks for having me. No, no, man. Thanks for jumping on. You know, just jumping into the whole thing, trying to give some codes to the to the youngsters coming up, going through the recruiting process and families as they're going through. Right. Not only looking at whether it's professional sports or whatever their sports path is, but, you know, having that goal outside of sports to use sports as a catalyst to a career that they can bank on. Um, so when we jump into it. We talk about sports and using it as a catalyst and intentional steps and plans needed to make it happen looking back on your college selection process is there anything that you would identify or highlight that was very keen on i guess your your process or one thing to consider i'm sorry one thing to consider what would it be going through the the college selection process yeah i think looking at more than just the sport i know it's easy to say kind of looking at it now versus versus going through it. Um, so the sport is important, obviously, and what, you know, opportunities to play the culture around the sports, but just looking at the supporting environment with the sport and then outside of the sport too. So if you have an interest of something um, academically, then, then seeing what that availability is just in case that's an interest later on or that's the route that you go, but then also just a support system around the sport that you're playing and um, kind of that environment of, of that, of that culture and that sport, um, I think is important to factor in, in addition to location and other things like that. But that's, that's something, Hey, if I'm going to be here, then, then seeing what else about that environment um, is, is helpful. That's, that's important because we talk about that all the time, like, there's the football culture or the culture within the sport that you play at the school. And then it's almost like the relation to that sport at the school, the culture in which like the normal student body views that uh, student athlete and just different things of like what you're used to, right? You talk to athletes that maybe come from the Northeast and take a scholarship offer in New Mexico state because they thought X, Y, and Z and just understanding that the culture is not the same outside of the football building, right? And it's like, oh, I don't like Mexican food or whatever the case may be. I don't like this uh-huh. culture. And we, or you see it from guys, I mean, we've seen it sometimes from uh, recruit players from Florida and they come up to central Pennsylvania and it's like, uh-huh. ah, it was cool on the weekend, but you know, it's, and, it, and sometimes you want to set yourself up for success because when we talk about giving the keys to um, the process and a lot of things is putting, like having leverage for your path, right? Like setting yourself up. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important to understanding the criteria what you're selecting your school for outside of the sport for that matter. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about your recruiting and uh, college selection process. How was it? It was, it was fair. I should say. Um, I think coming, <laughs> going into, going into junior year, probably junior year of high school is when I was kind of like, Oh, okay. Maybe I will play soccer and in, in college I was indifferent. I was enjoying playing the sport and, and just enjoying, um, trying to get better all the time. And I really, I really loved it. And I loved the other sports I played, but um, when it came to the recruiting part of it, it was thinking, Hey, I want to go far away from Pittsburgh. I, was my initial thought. Um, I don't know why, but I said, let, let me go far away. Let's, let's check, check what that's like um, out there. But then actually, as far as for being contacted by people that was more within Pennsylvania and then in Pittsburgh. So not as much outside of there. Um, so, in looking and looking that process was kind of was navigating um, really just with my family. I don't know that I had as much for soccer anyway, as much, um, hey, do this or look at this um, going along. Um, 
So it wasn't, you know, had some had some opportunities to play at various um, uh, colleges thinking about division one, two and three. I was kind of, you know, okay, well, what what what's out there um, for for those? So um, had an opportunity to um, be away from Pittsburgh and at HBCU. And it was more financially that it felt like, hmm, I'll be out of state. It's not going to be a full scholarship. What does that look like versus other opportunities of being closer to home, even if it's not a scholarship or a full scholarship, what does that look like? So, um, and I, why I say fair was it also was, you know, being recruited, but then also recruited with um, not always funds behind, behind it. Gotcha. Um, so that was, that was a challenge, but, um, but through that process with my family and kind of seeing what was the best for my situation um, and what I was looking for, it ended up being working uh, that's a, that's a good answer. That's interesting when you say it's, it's it was fair because like when they were probably recruiting you, it's like we want you, we want you, but you know if you still have to pay or there's funds here are not available, it's like okay, there has to be a real conversation there about where you fit in in the program and different things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So we had a former guest, um, Amobi, and he he played soccer and he talked about like his club team kind of handling a lot of his recruiting process and different things of that nature. How was that? did you play in the like a club club soccer sport and how much did they impact? The recruiting process at all in terms of exposure or was it more the high school yeah so i played club um i did play club so high school was you know during the fall season club all the rest of the year around um for for there and i played for the couple club teams um and that was very crucial in my development as as not just a soccer player but particularly as a goalkeeper um for that you know people just get kind of hey you be the goalie you be the goalie like just trying stuff out and then um after going to a camp that one of the one of the coaches mentioned um, that was really solidifying. Like, oh, I literally like this position and playing this position, and saw that I can actually play well in this position. So um, the club really helped develop those those skills um, and the opportunity to play at um, a higher level. Although I feel like you know we were pretty pretty competitive at Gateway for for oh. our soccer team, <laughs> um, but uh, that that really helped travel and play people out of the state, play people out of just Pittsburgh um, and have, have that was really important to um, my development as a, as a player for sure. And my confidence with that too. That's good. I mean, that's, that's interesting and validating to hear that you gain confidence and development from the club sports. Cause I like it from just the talent acquisition process because it narrows down your pool. You got good and good mm-hmm. throughout the year and different things of that nature. And a lot of times those sports, there's a barrier entry to play in the club team, whether it's money, whether it's commitment, mm-hmm. You got to get there and it's not just at the school you got to do here. You placate to the process. So you have typically serious athletes and you can identify just the talent acquisition and kind of the projection a little bit more than sometimes. I mean, I say football, for example, like it's coming a little bit with seven on seven, even though there's different arguments if people like it or not. AU circuit mm-hmm. and basketball is another one, but I always volleyball, soccer, I mean, tennis, uh, all just all the different sports, just interesting on the talent acquisition and there's the development process moving up. So mm-hmm. when you're going through that and you talked about feeling more confident, was it because of the talent level you were playing against in the club sports? It was yeah. because seeing, seeing just the different, the different talent from really when we went into different States um, for, for that, seeing that, Oh, wow. These soccer players, they may, we may just be as as good as them, but they are, Taller, they are just look like they've been in the weight room. Like you know, it was just it was different. Mm-hmm. Um, so then being able to compete against that and doing well, I'm like, hold on, I stopped that, I stopped that shot. I, okay, I can, I can do this. Wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> Still being a goalie, I mean, right. she might tower over me even <laughs> at my start stature. But hold on a second. So it was, it was being in those positions where you then were kind of forced in a sense of you're on the team. This is part of that that travel as part of it and competing at this high level. So um, then kind of sometimes surprising yourself or then just being again, confident or playing around other people on your even team that kind of, you know, built me up in that way and vice versa for me with them. Um, So I think that was, and that repetitiveness and the seriousness of it. Hey, like we're not out here just to, just to get exercise. Like we do want to win. We're in a tournament. We're keeping score. Like this is happening um, for, for, for that. So um, that part of it 
was 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 awesome in, in, in that sense. No, you're building up like just the base, like the baseline, I guess, competitive stamina in individuals. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I love mm-hmm. about just the club sports or run, running track, like just getting exposed, right? Because when you come up in football, it's always, I mean, football, basketball, you always get told percentages. So like everywhere I used to go, I was always like, all right, am I the top 1% in this percentage? <laughs> what about this uh-huh. percentage? And like my dad, Terry Smith, shout out to him. He was always on the, I don't care about Pittsburgh. I don't care about the East Coast. I, I, Country, so like everything was about exposure and getting the country. Go mm-hmm. to a camp, you in top of two percent here. So it's just interesting when other sports kind of construct that within, and mm-hmm. how much it goes, and I think to the development of those athletes that get out and have that exposure and see what they can do and raise that level of efficacy to kind of push through. And it kind of pushes people out of the sport, right? Because you're like you're in it, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I don't think I love it like this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, there are plenty of sport right. like gymnastics i was pushed out of that quickly because it's like my level's here my mom's paying this amount of money and i'm just kind of which sport was, that for, which sport was like, that for you what's that which sport was that for you gymnastics, gymnastics. <laughs> like I, I i i really enjoyed it i really did enjoy it. and that was i will tell you that was a like one of the best sports for a general foundation in 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 sports in general for balance flexibility strength power discipline all of those things but Man, it got to a certain time. I was like, I've competed. I'm good. I was like, why are we paying? Why are we going five days a week for three hours? And you're using a study hall? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. So, but it was an awesome sport. But to your point, that is, that's what it, like, that was pushed out. Now, I will say, I, also, my skill level wasn't, you know, wasn't all the way up there. But the passion for it, um, plus the skill level, plus the time that, you know, that kind of was just like, Okay, let's let's move along. That's not it. That's not it. Did you have that moment when you were like, "All right, I'm playing in college." Like, did you do you remember that moment when when that was? I think it was a, it was kind of multiple moments. Not okay. one moment, but multiple moments over um, kind of our um, having success at the in the high school level and on and club teams. More so at, at high school, as being like okay, consistently being able to um, you know finish first in the section and then being competitive in the whip and then just kind of the individual stats of feeling like, okay, maybe I can, maybe I can do this. And then it was like, all right, yes. Well, if I'm doing this, I'm doing, it's not, can I, do I want to? So um, it wasn't, yeah. So it wasn't like an initial goal. Like I want to go to college. I'm throwing these things to go to college to play soccer. It was like, okay, I think I want to, okay. I think I'm being yeah, more serious. It was, it was more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. So it was the, think- the first or the second. Oh, sorry. It was more, it was more of, I think I want to, after someone has, has put that in my ear, that ah. potentially that is a possibility. Okay. I really was, I think I was just focused on like every sport that I played and just really enjoying it and being the best that I could at it. That when it got to that time that, Hey, there's, there's a step after high school. Um, and that's, if going to college for academic, for sport, whatever, like that's a possibility to still actually still be playing a sport. Right. Um, and that's sports were like a crucial part of my life. Yeah. Um, that's when, when someone, I don't even remember who, but when someone like, Oh, have you thought about playing in college? I was like, Oh, actually I hadn't, <laughs> but that's hold tough. on a second. And then, then it was kind of like, okay, I'm still doing the same thing. I'm still training hard. I still want to, be better at everything I'm doing, but what does that mean? Like, who do I need to talk to? What is even the process of this? Nobody else in my direct family played a sport in college. Like what, what, you know, yeah, what, what does is that it? mean? Or at least at, in my age level at that, at that time. Yeah. Like that self-discovery is always important. I mean, I mean, just interesting to me from the standpoint of like how people get to their plans and where they're going. Because for me, example, I mean, I think I made it my mind like seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade was like, all right, I want to do football like for real. And so with that, I loved other sports. So I used, it was like my dad crafted, we're, we're running track for this because, you know, top percent has mm-hmm. to run this fast. Oh, so I want to play basketball <laughs> for quickness and, da, 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 and then football. Uh, so whatever the case may be, and I broke my ankle in ninth grade playing basketball. I was just like, uh, or football, miss basketball. I was just like, I mean, the focus on speed and football. So like that, you know, getting into the specialized aspect when you see like, all right, the writing's on the wall. This is the way we want to go and different mm-hmm. things of that nature. Um, so when you had, like, did you always know you wanted to practice medicine? Like when you were going through the process or? 
I didn't. I knew that I liked science and math. Um, I didn't know what direction that was going to lead me. I didn't really know that until college was when that kind of, as far as for the medicine aspect of it. So I just knew that I liked science and math. I was going to go to college and major in something related to a, a STEM, you know, type of um, category. Yeah. The extent that I know. Yeah, because I mean, like we said, we're just athletes in general. It's always interesting hearing through the process, like what they're interested in and how they're going about it. Because I know when I was coming up, I, there was a kid, Myron Roll. He's a, he's a doctor now. And, um, you know, coming out, I, we had a camp and we're like, everybody's, you know, the reporters were coming around, like, what do you want to study? He's like, I want to be a, a, a neurologist or whatever case may be. I was like, that, like, how you <laughs> going awesome. hey, to do that? I mean, he's a, he was like a top recruit and everything. And he ended up, ended up doing it. But, I went through and when, when I worked in the, you know, college space, you know, sometimes athletes are discouraged from going to that, the, that path, not necessarily at Penn State, but other schools, you know, it's just in terms of time. Do you have any suggestions for athletes that may be interested in medicine and like get discouraged from coaches or quote unquote, you know, adults about yes, what they Yes, adults should? in general. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like oftentimes people speak from a dis place of discouragement because maybe, you know, there's some a percentage of people that have tried it and, and weren't able to do it. Then a percentage that just, hey, it sounds like that will be hard versus actually knowing that. So I think my advice is more like if if there is passion behind wanting to 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 do medicine and, and play a sport, like that is possible for people that are saying, hey, you can't do it. Um, you know, one what what is it that they you can't do? Like why are you are you are you saying that? Um, is it time? Is it you think I don't I'm not qualified enough? Like what what actually is it? And maybe not even going through that process. Maybe more saying okay, they said I can't, but what is it that actually I can do? Like what 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 does it mean? Okay, if I want to be a doctor, not thinking of okay, I want a surgeon. How can I fit in surgery while I'm playing football? Like that's not. Yeah, that the time frame is not actually the same time. It's more okay if I want to be a surgeon, if I want to be a sports medicine doc. I know I have to go to um, do fellowship or residency. I know I have to go to medical school. I know I have to go to college. If I'm going to college, what does that mean to actually get to a place that I would be considered to even go to medical school, so I can go to residency, so that I can do be a surgeon? So what I can focus on right now is my grades. Like I have to have. I have to have grades to actually get into college, first of all, to maintain being a student athlete. Um, and then also, once I'm in college, what does that look like for making sure that I'm then supported and surrounded by people that, hey, maybe I'm going to be a doctor 10 years after I'm done playing football after a sport. I still need to prepare for it. Right. So it doesn't, it's not harmful to, to, get that information that's needed and surround yourself with those same type of people or those professions to actually go that way. So again, sorry, that was a long winded answer to say that to sum it up that don't be discouraged by that. Like if, if you're, if your goal is, Hey, I want to do this because I want to do this, not because, Hey, it's going to make a lot of money or Hey, because I want this or whatever the reasons, um, then someone saying that you can't, may may not necessarily know what it takes to do that thing that they're saying that you can't do. So with that being said, like sometimes I love that answer because sometimes the level of exposure and just information lets people kind of put things in frame. So if we like scale a little bit, what would that blueprint look like? Say, I, I want to practice medicine. I'm going to go to mm -hmm. college. I'm going to graduate. And I'm going to play five, six years in the NFL. Obviously you do well in college. What does that look like post NFL or while you're playing to get ready to go back into medicine is that like, you have to start taking classes to get back into med school. Like what's that gap? If you're, I guess, serious in football, because if you're not practicing medicine for five, six years. Right. Yeah. So I, I think having in, in the, in the undergraduate realm there, I mean, there's certain requirements that are necessary to even apply for, for, um, for medical school. Gotcha. You don't have to have a certain major, but you have to have those other requirements for that. Okay. If that's something that can be done while in college for some of, some of those or a summer class, like the more that you can get to it, if you're not going to have all of the requirements prior to, you know, graduating or leaving um, school at that time, then 
it's a good idea to at least know what those classes are. So maybe that during a summer class or during a summer course can take those things. But if you don't know, then later it's then yes, going back to do those and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But it's maybe that much more that, okay, this chemistry and organic chemistry is going to be a little more challenging five years or 10 years outside of being from in school versus when it was during that time. So I think knowing what the knowing what those prerequisites are for, for medical school in general. And it doesn't hurt to ever just know that information um, and use the support that you have in college um, for academic advising, because that's a time when you're supported, you're kind of in a, in a bubble, but about to be in real life that you can have that information. The other thing that I would say is the cool thing about, again, being a, being a student athlete and hopefully that you don't get hurt, right. but you do have access to, to physicians and athletic trainers and people that like already that are just there and part of the team pick their brain about, about how they got to where they are. Um, you know, if you happen to get injured, learn a little bit about that injury. Like, right. again, you might be focusing on, and that's understandable. I want to get back on the field, obviously. But as they're explaining something to you and your information about what your injury is, like, and you're interested in that, then kind of run with that too. Like, that's a cool opportunity to actually like be in a, like in a room with a doc that, Hey, maybe I want to do that one day. Um, and that's like an inside scoop that you kind of already have. And like, can you support me in this? Can you direct me in this like type of thing? And even if it's down the road, you've made that connection. That's a hundred percent a critical factor. And that's why I think you see a lot of I mean, football players from the standpoint of realizing that critical view post-career and in getting into orthopedic sales or I, like me, I transitioned into physical therapy sales to an extent. And because I was comfortable speaking with the physical therapists, orthopedic surgeons, probably more so than your typical 26 year old, right? Based on the injuries and everything that you said. And I, I'm happy that you said like having a plan of what the courses that you need to take to go because there's a level of a boogeyman to a level to certain professions, right? Where it's like, oh, what does this person do? Or what's that? Uh, I mean, whether it's a team doctor or chief marketing officer mm -hmm. for a team or the president and just really showing the information or the tactical steps to empower the student athletes. Like, if that's something that you want to do, like, well, here are the steps. Cause a lot of it is like, I mean, I know if I didn't, if I wasn't sure I wanted to go, like if I wasn't sure on the fence, if I wanted to practice medicine and going through the process, I would be pretty intimidated talking to doctors, right? Like, yeah. If so if I, if I was always told like, you can't do that. I'm like, Hey, cause like a lot of times the doctors refer to you, like operate like that around athletes, not all of them, but some where it's just yeah. like, you know, you're hurt. This is that kind of cold work for the team, different things of that nature. But mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that you gave those tactical steps that someone can just start brainstorming because that information, I mean, that's empowering. And that's what gives people the confidence to like try it and the exposure to see like, oh, this is something that I'm really interested in. Um, so and one other thing, if I could say, um, is also when you're at, again, it feels like there's so much like it's sport. I need to study my sport. I need to be at the sport. And that's very important. But there are speaking with your academic advisor, um, that academic athletic advisor, or just your general academic advisor that's not even like not even associated with your sport, depending on that level, is is something else to to look into. Are there pre-medical organizations um, or other things that other students are in that they don't have to know anything except for that, hey, as a pre-medical organization, we're doing this, we're going to have these speakers come in, we're going to offer these opportunities to be an anatomy lab, like just exposing self, like you said, to those to those opportunities to to be in other where other spaces are, are doing. If, and at the end of it, you're like, hey, I went through that. I went in that pre-medical club. I didn't like anything they were doing. I actually don't want to do medicine. Then you've 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 actually helped yourself realize that on your own right. versus I, I can't do this. Yeah. Um, but putting putting yourself in those situation, even with other students, it can be intimidating to talk to other docs. But in a, a setting that they're like, yep, we're having a doc come to talk to this group about this because everybody in this group wants to be a, a doctor, then just plop yourself in that. And it might not be the opportune time, maybe a Saturday or Friday, <laughs> you know. That's what we talk about with the commitment at the club sports. Like, yeah, do stuff when it's a little inconvenient if you want to really make something out of the sports ecosystem. That's just, I mean, that's barrier of entry. That's why we don't really talk about grade point averages here or the credits that you need to get into college. It's like, no, we got to 
I mean, some people need to make sure that you the bare minimum to get in. But what we're focusing on is using all these things as a launching pad. So we have to have yeah. that in destination to an extent. And, you know, we all kind of went through that process. And so it's like, nah, let's get into the weeds a little bit more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you gave great, mm-hmm. great insight on what you should do as a as an athlete going there. So how was it for you at Pitt when you transitioned there? You're in chemistry, managing between schedule, like your schedule, the labs and practice. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely a puzzle, you know, <laughs> to try to fit around the labs. I I quickly understood freshman year why that was kind of, hey, in the fall, that's not the time to load your credits. That's your main season. Like, yes, you're practicing the whole time, but that's not the time to try to do three labs to do 17 credits. I mean, you know, it, it may be that, okay, I may need to space this out. There may be some summer classes involved. So it was a lot of support and um guidance with uh, my academic, my from in within the science, college of science that I was in, but then also the athletic academic support too, and saying, hey, this is what we're used to seeing um, and, and seeing where I could actually fit that in, what that would mean from freshman year to beyond. So fitting in puzzles like with, with labs, with travel time, we'd be gone from Thursday to Saturday or Thursday to Sunday. So being able to fit in um, uh, making sure that we had courses that were around that time or that classes that didn't didn't um, require difficulty to make up being gone. So labs, I didn't schedule labs Thursday or Friday because that would often be the time we're traveling. So it doesn't make sense to miss those labs. So it was it was challenging, but I will say seeking out again, having the support that was there, but then seeking out what does this again look like for for there. There are some long days, some um, (laughs) tiring times. There are, you know, leaning on classmates in the sense of being, learning to communicate with them. If you're in a group project with things or things that with labs, um, that was, that was all development. And this is not what I typically would do. I like to do these things on my own, but, oh, hey, maybe it is kind of, that assistance with, okay, I'll do this part of the, of, of the, of the lab. You do this part of it so that we can both get it to get it done together. Um, and, and, and go from there. So it was, um, making sure to optimize any time for study, like study hall, study tables or required time. Like I want to, I want to socialize too. Um, and there's some <laughs> socialization happening, but like, let me get like a solid, a solid, like hour of focus time, yeah. maybe then socialize and come back. But like, Finding ways to optimize the times that is not you're not expected to be in sport, but still can have some, you know, life of not being a whole. Some of my teammates might say that, man, like we never saw you because you were <laughs> you were studying and which yeah. was the case. And there were some times I could break, um, but optimizing those times to do the very best that you can in the academic setting while you're in the academic setting um, and then transitioning to while I'm in the weight room, I'm doing the best I can while I'm in the weight room, while I'm in practice, I'm doing the best I can. I can't, I can't do anything about lab when I'm in practice. I can't do anything about practice when I'm in chemistry lab. So making sure to just be there and do the best you can so you can learn those things. But um, and on away trips, there was like, man, there are some times like, okay, just going to have to do a little bit of homework and a little bit of studying. Um, and it's different. My experience and my sport was a little different than it may be for football or for, you know, different, different, um, different sports and where they were and their positions and roles on the team. So I will make that caveat that it may be a little, you know, have been a little different, but it's making sure that where there was time and I, I made sure that I was, was studying if this is what I'm going to do, that I'm studying right. or getting my work done that I need to, if I have to go to office hours, like I don't want to email and go to office hours, but like, <laughs> that's going to be what it takes. So, so otherwise it's, this isn't going to happen. So um, that's what I would say, the support and just, there's some sacrifices along the way for sure. hundred percent. It's like, we always talk about, talk about time management a lot, but it's really focus management. It's like when you're at like focusing on what you're doing. And then like you said, the time is the time. Like you're going to be in study mm-hmm. hall. You're going to be in lab. You're going to be at practice. You're going to be here. Focus. <laughs> so like, mm-hmm. that's like the mm-hmm. key point to it. When you were at, when you were there, obviously you had a jumble puzzle schedule. Did you have a welcome to college moment? We were like, Oh shit. Like this is, it's college for real. So a welcome to, to like college soccer moment. The sport or welcome to Sp- sport. The, like the sport. 
Got it. Yep, there was a welcome to sport that came up fast and in a hurry and during preseason doubles, um, actually triples, it felt like because um, we had doubles in the in the fall. So doubles the training. But then as a goalkeeper, myself and the other uh, the other uh, my other roommate, who was also my um, the other goalkeeper, we had three. So we had a whole nother practice before actual team practice. So um that was like, mm, this that's why they give us that thick manual in preseason to in the summer to run and to train, because this is when it happened. So that was that was my time of doing, you know, doing beep tests, doing three hundreds, doing all this running that was just um yeah, that was that was like that was not I was not prepared for. Um and, and doing it in the heat, in the summer, at a high level, someone yelling in your ear, being like, you're slow. Like, right. <laughs> I thought I was somewhat fast, not anymore. Um, and the weight room, like, I can remember a time laying on um, one of the one of the fields at, at Pitt in the back where we used to practice. Like, <laughs> what am I, what did I get into? What did I get into? Um, no, for, that, for support, that's, but, um, that's amazing. So, like, you didn't feel prepared? Did you feel prepared? So I will say I felt prepared for like the actual like soccer part of it, but the conditioning part of it and the weight part of it, I was like, I didn't know it was this, this level of, of doing that. It wasn't something that as, as soccer in high school that I did much um, weight training for, or that, you know, my conditioning, we had conditioning, but it wasn't, wasn't like you have to make this time to do it. So, um, you know, I, I thought I was okay. And then when I got there and, I didn't. I didn't feel prepared. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I talk about all the time where, like, we're going through the process. We talk about making the, these these business decisions and making sure that you're evaluating the schools and their proper departments. And the weight room is always a one that I'm trying to tell guys, families, that you really need to pay attention to and evaluate because one, they're pushing you to your competitive max, right? Your emotional max. So, like, you got to understand if you're if you link and can trust that person going through it, and then they're pushing your body in like a transformational time to where it's like, you know, like it, it's hard because that was like one of the transitions for me. You know, I got to Penn State, 170 pounds, and it's like, okay, I can run. We can do the running and stuff, and even those runnings, runnings were hard. But the weight room and all that stuff, and like the different lifts like that's always interesting to hear that's the welcome to uh college moment college sports because you know high school's running around have some fun and it's like man get in this yeah. weight room <laughs> yeah. nah, like oh, this is awesome a, this is no longer optional like you're gonna be in here and you're gonna <laughs> doing this then you realize it too when you're there and you start competing because i mean i noticed it quick we played florida state my freshman year and I was playing off. I mean, we were getting hit. They had like seven first round draft picks and, and it was just a physical game. It's like, all right, this is why you need to be in the weight room all the time. Cause yeah. like, just for, in terms of keeping your body strong, like I and realized that getting to NFL, you know, you always think about injuries happening, but like, all right, you need to be strong. Like I need to strengthen this, need to strengthen that. And you start realizing mm-hmm. like, okay, you work out to make your body feel together as you kept going higher in sports, at least for me, found out too uh-huh. late, but you know, it's important. Yeah. yeah, it's it's important. And I've grown to to enjoy it after getting past that initial part. I mean, off season, you know, that wasn't all the way all oh. the way always enjoyable and you know you Gotta love it. Gosh. You do. Did you know when like when you were in chemistry and doing all those the different things at Pitt, when did you decide like, all right, I'm going to med school and like that's where my sights are on? Yeah, I think at when I saw when I saw a doc at one of our practices, I didn't need to see them. But when they were just at the, our practice one time, I was like, oh, that's not our athletic trainer. Who is that? And when I learned that that was our doctor, because I guess I just wasn't paying attention during pre, pre-participation physicals or that someone was there. Like, oh, you can be a you can be a doc and do sports medicine or like what is what does that look like? So that was kind of me being um, taking it to another level. I will say that my Mom is a is a physician, so there was some 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 intro to it then, but it was more that, hey, this is here. It's not a pressure. It's just, yep, that that's here. But that was that was when I believe that was in my junior year that I remember um, seeing someone on the on the sideline, like, oh, okay, yep, I'm already doing science stuff. I'm not going to be a perfect. Well, but I'm not going to be a professor. <laughs> um, here I am, but not going to be a chemistry professor, not going to be a research scientist person. What am I going to do with this chemistry major? Oh, I happen to like 
anatomy. I love anatomy. I love musculoskeletal anatomy. And then seeing that, I'm like, oh, how do I, how can I get to there if I'm going to do medicine? It might not have to be what I thought medicine was. Like, how do I do that? So then that was, you know, and it might've been the summer before going into junior year and that really solidified it. But that was then, hey, I got to take the MCAT. Like what, what things already do I need to do? Already prepared for the science classes and knowing what my requirements were to graduate with a chemistry major were pretty much the requirements that were needed for medical school. So it didn't have to add much more. It was just that, okay, this is, this is kind of where I want to go, um, you know, with, with that interest. And after kind of shadowing athletic, not athletic training, shadowing with um, physical therapists, seeing what athletic trainers um, were doing, but it was very difficult. I don't know how, if, if, how that is done, if you're an athletic trainer and actually playing a sport, um, but seeing those things, but knowing where my interest was, that was, that was kind of the time like put into to high gear. And so it's, so it's safe to say that you realized that you wanted to be a doctor and sports med doctor at the same time. So it was like, I'm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to be a doctor and I'm going to focus on sports. Yep. Okay. Cause it's always interesting yep. also hearing doctors and like how they get to their focus or how they get to their specialty. You know what I mean? Along that path. Cause yeah. sometimes it's completely different. Or like you said, with your mom being a physician, that making you go complete left away from where she was at. Like, I'm, I'm not doing what my mom did. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. but it's, uh, I mean, like, I was like, well, my dad, like he's a coach. I'm like, I don't want to coach. Like I see that's tough, man. It's hard. You have to depend on players to listen to you. Mm-hmm. Like that's hard. That's, that's a tough thing. I, I got respect for coaches it in that does. standpoint. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 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 That's a, that's a different story. It's, yeah. <laughs> No, we'll take a quick a quick break and do an LIG read. This episode is brought to you by Blue Chip Academy, the recruiting and football business masterclass, a comprehensive course that walks you through the entire recruiting process and football ecosystem so you can help navigate your family through the recruiting waters and identify the critical factors in making the right decision about your future. And his future, just as important as yours, will show you how to make sure your hard-earned money isn't wasted on programs that won't bring him success. Blue Chip Academy is here for recruiting insights and advice and coaching programs along the way. Um, we have a Blue Chip Academy Blueprints of Success coaching program along with the football recruiting business masterclass and competitive edge coaching program. So tap in. We'll have the link below and you guys we're jumping back in it with Dr. Layla Isaac. So yeah, so jumping back into it. So now you're at in med school and practicing medicine a little bit. If that's where we're at in the in the story, so you seem to have a very focused career path and aiming to be a doctor. Did you have any doubts along the way? Because I mean, when I you know you want to be a lawyer, you want to be this, and I remember I'm saying the doctor thing because I was like eight years of school, and it's like I like learning now. And I was like, oh, I wouldn't have been too. <laughs> But for you, was yeah. <laughs> any doubts along the way? <laughs> yeah, there were. So there was, that's a valid point of thinking about the time that it takes from, you know, four years of, four years of undergrad, four years of medical school, but wait, you have to do a residency if you want to <laughs> practice and see a patient. So four more years, oh, wait, you want to do this specialty or you want to do a fellowship? But so that can be daunting. My more doubts came from um, just the, am I capable to, to be a good f- physician? Like, what does that take? Can I do that? So that was more um, the doubts in that. And then refocusing and thinking what it will take is making sure what I can control is making sure that I, that I'm, I'm studying, making sure that I, I pass all the, all the tests and exams that are necessary, making sure that I'm learning in those rotations and in those environments, um, knowing if I want to be sports medicine physician, what, what residency do I have to to do? Because you don't just go from medical school to sports medicine. There's a some other specialty that has to be done before then subspecial subspecializing in sports medicine. So those were the things that I could um, control or kind of help um, myself in in those. So the doubts the doubts they come when I you know if I compare myself to someone else like hey they're this much further than 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 me. Mm-hmm. Oh, but they actually did this rotation already. Like you're, you're this is your first time doing this rotation. So why are you comparing yourself to, to them? They should know more. Right. Um, so those doubts usually became because of either comparison or just thinking like there is so much to know. How am I going to know so much? Um, but having those people along the way and seeing docs that like 
that's why it's practicing medicine. Like there's constantly reading, constantly learning, stuff is changing and have to be able and willing to change along with that and always be able to learn because there's, I'm not going to know. I don't know everything. Um, and if I thought I did, then I actually wouldn't be doing a, a good service for my patients if I thought I knew every single thing um, about I never thought about that. It, it's practicing medicine. Like you said, it's continuously changing and continuously learning. I mean, I, I think some of your skills from being an athlete and how you talked about just the development, having the eye of the tiger going through the process helped. Can you take me through that transition a little bit from athlete to pursuing becoming a full-time doctor and how that was for you? Like, was there any difficulties in that? Yeah. I will say that there was, there's definitely characteristics of just being a student athlete playing at a, at a, at a level where there's a lot of expected of you and the time constraints on it that really lend well to kind of pursuing any professional career, but definitely in medicine. So like you're, able to, you're coachable if, if, if you are, but that's usually something that you're coachable. You're able to learn, you're studying, like as much as I want to study this play, I can redirect that and study this much to knowing, knowing this, Mm -hmm. um, for, for there. So that transition was, um, that transition was more just say, Hey, Layla, you've, you've been here before. It might've been more physical stamina. This is more cognitive stamina, but like you can you can do that, putting the time in it, putting making sure that if you don't know something, you're finding the answer. How can I be better practicing preparation, sleep, eating, like all of those things that you need as a student athlete need to be successful um, through a rigorous medical school path. So that was that was and did I always get it? eight hours of sleep? Absolutely not. But knowing that, like, I got to at least get a solid four before right. this test um, for, for that and the rest that it took to, to do that. Um, then transitioning into, into residency. So now it's, um, you know, now it's from, from the medical school, like the, the, the studying from the book part of it, now transitioning that into like practical, like with, with the patient, how does this, how does this actually matter what you were studying for this patient that is a human being in, in front of you um, and, and knowing the different intricacies of, of that and dealing with someone else. The teamwork that's necessary when you're a physician working with other healthcare professionals, working with, um, you know, w- even with the patient, the education part of it, being able to communicate that to a, to a patient, like those things of, of, of that are within sport already, even though thinking about it from a, okay, this is so I perform well and I perform well for my team. It's okay. Now I need to know this so that I can help this person that's in front of me, this patient that is in front of me. Me not knowing this isn't helping them. Me not preparing isn't helping them. Me not preparing, me not practicing, me not showing up to be the best that I can in weights and training isn't helping my team, isn't helping me. So it was just kind of that shift and pivot to Okay, this is this is a goal right now, and this is a focus right now. Um, and then, yeah, sure, if other wards and stuff like that come along with it, um, fine. Yeah. but the goal is to make sure that this patient is well taken care of. And um, yeah, and that was that was kind of that transition. What are there times I'm like, man, I miss I miss I miss sport. Absolutely. Yeah. Did I try to hang on for it to for a little bit after after uh, college before medical school? I did when I tried to when I played football for one season, like, oh, you play football. like yep, I'm going to, I'm oh, going to hang on to this for well, one so more So we got to jump into yeah. it. Doctor that played football, like a woman doctor that played football. That's amazing. I, I did. Love it. Yeah. And how was that? What'd you think of the game? That was football? incredible. Like I, I will say there was part of, um, so this was my spring, my spring semester. Talker was done in the fall spring semester, last semester, senior year before going to medical school in the fall, played with a uh, uh, women's football team in, in Pittsburgh, um, Pittsburgh passion. And okay. I love learning new sports. And that was one, like, I get it. Like I, I can understand why, like, like, man, like I wanted to play football all the time. <laughs> like, do I still have to finish school? But, the, 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 but, I will say though the balance of still having a still having a sport it was different the requirements because everybody's a you know a full time job of something and then also playing that sport it's right. a different age bracket all different different things for there but learning learning a new sport 
learning from uh, injury health and safety aspect of it, of like learning how to tackle, like, I, man, I love tackling, but learning how to tackle, like that was important. One fun, one camaraderie leadership, advocating for women's sports, like just kind of a different growth than um, even soccer kind of prepared me for. And then being able to play and just like competing in, in a whole nother, a whole new sport, like, Man, I love that. I, it was. Yeah, I it can was see you get excited amazing. about it, man. That's I'm what like, football man. does. It brings all the senses together: the physicality, emotion. It's a little bit of everything. That's why, probably, yeah, you know, football got everybody. That's, they own the a couple of days of the week on TV, NFL. Yep, yep. Because <laughs> it's, it's fun to play. It's fun to watch. It's exciting. It's the best scripted. Uh, it's the best play that you can ever watch. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it was awesome. Um, uh, and I and I will say like it. From that time of knowing that, you know, looking back on it, I was like, already accepted going into medical school. But I was like, I, I want to I want to give this a try. You know how my college career didn't, you know, end or wasn't how I thought it was going to be and just wanted to try a new sport, learn something. Um, and that was it was awesome. It was awesome playing. And then also just the injuries. And now it was kind of different because my perspective was a little different. I know I'm going into medical school. I'm playing this. And so like thinking about, oh, this injury, like what's, what are they going to do with this injury? Um, mm. I wasn't the best patient and going into, you know, asking like a lot of questions, wasn't always compliant with some of my injuries, <laughs> which I don't advocate. Um, I don't, you know, condone, but that knowing that part of it was kind of, as I was going through that was, was, was that and trying to hang on to that. And there was a part of like, Hey, the separation from the sport is going to happen. And from just sports in general and maybe I still hang on to it a little bit because I'm a sports medicine doc but you know <laughs> whatever no that's it because I love it in football because you know, like you said it's a team sport ultimate team sport so just a level of transparency like when you watch film like you talk about everything that comes with athletes I think that's like a, a skill that they need that we all need to recognize that we have is like you're always in the feedback loop play get feedback mm -hmm. play get feedback and you realize real quick for me I realized it was a special not a special well, it's a gift to have when I got around people that didn't play a sport. And like anytime that is, you know, someone above them said something, it was like, it was a fight, a tug. I was like, oh, they just get better. Like, oh, I'm happy. All right. Boop, 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 boop. And it's like kind of accelerates any gaps that lapse within the athlete mm -hmm. or like the tactical or technical skill and where they're at. And it's just like that continuous learning. That's why it caught me when you said practicing medicine. I'm like, that's a perfect way to be practicing life. Like, just keep practicing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's what it is. Each like, day, seriously. So, I mean, we, I don't know if you touched on it a little bit, but what is your personal mission in practice in sports medicine? Your why in the, in the industry? Um, so, in general, I, I'm for any of my any of my patients um, is I want them to to feel educated about their their medical condition um, and and be able to be functional and whatever they're doing. So when I think about sports medicine and dealing with a lot of student athletes, like it's important to me of the health literacy part of, of that. They may, they may like say, okay, doctor, you're saying way too much. I don't know this jargon you're talking about, but it's important for me to share what, what I'm talking about because it's your body that we're concerned about. And then after you leave the sport, whether it's after college, after it's in a belt, whenever, and you're in life, just trying to navigate health system and seeing docs and those things, want you to feel empowered to, to ask questions about your condition or your body and how that affects those things. So a big part of, um, is, um, health education and uh, like literacy, just regarding kind of, um, regarding injuries and regarding uh, medical conditions within sports medicine. Um, and then also just, I think that's a great question because I think that's a that's a big part of my mission um, for for that. But then also being being a patient advocate is important. So when I think of like sports medicine and then also just my patients in general, like I'm here to to help help you get better or help you be the most functional that you can be. You came to me for a, a reason, and I want to be able to help you with that reason. If I can't get you to someone that can. So that's still the same when I think of like within sports medicine in a, in a position where I deal with a lot of um, potentially younger, um, younger patient population that may still be in school or still may be um, striving to, to compete in sports, like what that then um, means for them. So just being able to, being able to, to do that. And also 
the other part of it is, you know, those few times that there's sports medicine or there's um, whether it's patients and student athletes or just people that are interested in sports medicine or interested in becoming a physician. I don't know that I will say that it was specifically my mission, but like, like reach out to me. Like, I don't have all the answers, but like, let's talk about it. I know we're, I know we're here for your knee. I know that, but you happen to mention that you're interested in medicine. Like you happen to mention it. So now that you mentioned it, just like, we'll get through this. We'll get through this issue with your knee when you're done with sport or whenever, if you have questions about medical school, email me, let's chat and, and leave it at that. So like, that's something that just developing, um, helping to be that for, for a student athlete and for my patients in general, specifically in, in, in sports medicine and, and knowing that and having patients that are kind of are active and may have to be shut down for a little bit, even if they're not playing a sport, if it's their, if there's job, just how can we help you to be um, more functional and in, in, in your daily day living? That's great insight there. I mean, just from the standpoint of, you know, what athletes should be looking for and how to approach it. Cause I got two follow-up questions for that. One with you from the patient, from the patient, uh, from the patient side and the the learning side. From the learning side, what do you think an accelerated learning path will look like starting in high school for exposure or didactic learning that lays a foundation to help gain interest in practice in medicine among athletes or just people interested in medicine? Mm-hmm. Like from your perspective, I, I will say personally speaking, one one thing that was really transformative um, for me was an anatomy class I was offered in high school. I know every all high schools might not have that, but mm-hmm. being able to to learn the muscles, the the tendon, like just some sort of intro to that. Yes, it was not on a, a human um, human anatomy, but it was still learning those. I felt like that opened up just like, okay, this is different than the chemistry, math, and 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 science. Like now I can actually see like muscles. My muscles may be different than what we were dissecting, but okay, this is what this does. This is how it looks. And just knowing the terminology, that is when I kind of really felt like, oh, okay, like this is our body moving. Like this is really, this is cool. And I think being able to have those experiences and if not, if it's not offered, that's okay too. But that's something that if at school able to have an anatomy class or course, that's awesome. Summer immersion programs that are offered to high school students. Um, you know, I know that we have we have that where, I, where I'm practicing um now at the at that university have um, summer summer camps that are like hey are you interested in medicine or healthcare field come see what what that is about so I think that's part of again a part of exposure when we're thinking about accelerated um, kind of pathway with that mm-hmm. and then in in college if your your major doesn't have to be chemistry or biology it can be nutrition it can be psychology it can be exercise science know that there's still requirements that will be, you know, necessary that might not be requirements for your degree, but are requirements to get into medical school. But hey, if you're interested in psychology or nutrition, you know, business for, you know, whatever reason, like that doesn't mean you can't do medicine. You have other other prerequisites. So making sure that you're plugged in with with a pre-medical or pre-health society um, when you're in when you're in college is is important. Um and and it's okay to say that this may be an interest of of mine and not being scared of what of what like mm, are you sure you're playing this sport? I don't think so. But I'm just sharing with you this is interest of, of mine. Can you direct me to who then can share what path I need to take if it's not necessarily gonna be um you in the situation? So um those are I think the the those parts of it. I think if there's opportunities to volunteer in, in a hospital, um, it might not be in direct patient care, but just actually kind of being in the hospital, getting a, a vibe of what that is, doing community service, like seeing that, okay, how do I feel about caring for others or serving others in this way? Medicine is not the only way to serve others and, 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 and do that. That's just one part of it. But those are all things that can be done at Low low stress times potentially when you're in in between um, high school years or a summer sports are, sport is still important but that may be a few hours that you can commit to doing those things um, because why I say all that too is one for your development of if you're interested in these things but then also down the road not only for CV or resume like but also solidifying like this is something that I done this, this, and this way back from 
from high school to see if this is truly what I want to do. And not doing it, then that's time not having it. And you can make it up, but that's time not having it. So I would say, you know, be intentional with some classes that are that are being um, taken surround being in groups that are pre-medical or pre-health, if that's the direction um, going. And then just try to find times that like, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be stressful or take that much time on the earlier years of things. Then it becomes like, okay, I got to make sure I have these things, but you're not trying to scramble when you're able to get some of those experiences early on. Yeah. That exposure and building block method, right? Where you just keep getting that information at an early age. Like I was exposed, like I always wanted to be a general manager actually before I wanted to play football because I was was a ball boy at Duquesne when I was seven, eight years old growing up. When I was at Gateway, you know, my dad's the athletic director. So weekends and doing the tickets. And so like the business of sport was always kind of my thing. So I always recognized like that's what I wanted to do. So going through, I used to, Kind of what you're saying is like stack the little experiences up to where you're going through the whole product line. Like what if you're a bottle of Pepsi and you went through the whole thing of Pepsi? You probably know everything that's kind of going on. You could pick which way to have a critical view on it. So I love that you said that about that accelerated learning path that you start stacking those blocks from the exposure, even from something as simple Mm -hmm. as anatomy, where it just gives you that level of Mm -hmm. exposure. Because I've seen guys where they wanted to be like a trainer or something. It's like, I'm going to take kinesis when they get to college. And they're like, Whoa, like, because <laughs> it's like uh-huh. it's like it may maybe expose too late. Sometimes you got to get there yeah. early to sometimes for the to you know really be intrigued by it. So the second part you said that was in the mission, which I love that you said, is the patient client um, relation that you want to take care of the patients from that standpoint. And just coming up in athletics all the time, there's there's been a little bit of distrust between a team doctor and you, especially when you get to. Can, like, I think once you start to get into college, it gets a little different where you're like, Man, this dude's not as nice as the doctors. They're trying to push me out there. I don't feel this right, this this way. Um, so again, there's a lot of mistrust between players and teams, doctors from my perspective. Do you think there's any medical professional professionals with an athletic background? Like, if there were more medical professionals with an athletic background can help mend that trust gap? Or do you think that will always I- be there with teams, with the distrust between teams and players? Yeah, I mean, I do think they can help men there. I, you know, they're probably always going to be it to some level because even just the distrust with doctors with certain patient populations, you know, already is there. And then if those certain patient populations happen to be the same that are playing a sport, then whether they are playing a sport or not, that mistrust may be there. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think um, that's a great point that I do think that having that background and knowing that like, I've been there. My situation is still different than, than yours. I can't project how I may feel or how you may feel about getting back out there. But like, I, I try to make it, I try to make it clear of like what we're, you know, managing like expectations of things and just being honest about your feelings. Us as, as physicians, we take oaths to first do no harm and, and, and like doing that. And we have a level of integrity that we, you know, that, that is, that's our, the standard. And if you're not, and if we're not doing that as a, as a profession, then yes, that's a, that's a problem. Does that mean that everybody's going to trust us? Not necessarily. I do think when there's a background in a, in a sport, doesn't mean that you can't not be successful as a physician, if you or a sports medicine physician, if you didn't play every single sport, right. like that, no, but knowing that, I think it's different knowing that, oh, Hey, my orthopedic surgeon did play lacrosse or did play, you know, football or did play whatever sport it was um, at this, this level. It doesn't have to be that, but there might be some level of, of, okay. Like they, they, they understand something about it or maybe they don't understand, but you feel more comfortable at least sharing that so that then they can put the pieces together because, you know, the other part of it, I also get like of times of hiding injuries. Like I, I, I get it. And like, Sometimes I like yep, hard you. I'm not doing that, <laughs> but and, and saying yep, okay, I'll do that. Versus you know, vice versa on even on the patient side of it towards okay. you know being upfront and honest to the doctor so that they can do whatever parts are there. So I do think it, I do think that it can um, that it can help and it's a different level of comfort. I think also. I I agree. I mean, I've I've, I've had the experience of 
playing in the NFL prior to the new CBA. So how even concussions were managed and different things of that nature versus how they were managed after the CBA and then coming and working at a league league office level and dealing with the you know head of um, head of medicine of the, of the of the league and how we mandated different concussion things. And, you know, it, it's kind of shocking sometimes, like prior to the new CBA, you know, it was just like, I mean, say I'll tell a story. One time after the uh, Redskins, you know, last play of the game, I hit the tight end, you know, a little dinged up. Uh, I guess I got checked out on the sidelines, but I'm in the locker room and I'm like, man, I'm a little dizzy, whatever the case may be. So I go check out the doctor. I'm like, hey, man, can you check me out? He's like, we just checked you out five minutes ago. You don't remember? And I'm like, no. And I, and I, that was that was the end of it, right? That was the end of it. Next day, I'm like, hey, man, I feel a little type of ways or whatever the case may be. But And I had a concussion post uh, the CBA when everything was changing. And like, to your point, going to an independent doctor, it was a, content, a completely different um, experience dealing with the concussion, right? They didn't seem like they were trying to hide anything. Not that the doctors were trying to hide anything. It was just more like, how bad is it? Does it, the threshold was different, right? Like we talk about dingers or however the mandates were, but just those little things that go through the cracks. And I would say like that would, that did make me mistrust or distrust them a little bit more about different things. And I mean, you see it amongst a lot of athletes in professional sports because it's like millions of dollars and second opinions and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I just think it's interesting when you say, have an athlete, and you talked about it earlier when you got hurt, you have a, there's a level of empathy or just knowing that someone understands what you're going through. So like just seeing team doctors, coaches as well, right? Cause I know coaches put a lot of pressure on doctors, whether it's their job to give them the right report back or make sure it's, Oh, is it on the player? Can he really not play or is it a pain tolerance thing? I mean, that's a big thing in, in football, whereas a lot of things are pain mm-hmm. tolerance, right? Cause yeah, yeah. Just hitting. Everything hurts. So it's just everything, everything hurts. Right. So it's, it, I, I love your answers, though, just like with the patient care and from the, just the level of just continuing to practice and learn medicine to educate because that's uh, what it's yeah. about at the end of the yeah. day. So what's the career yep. angle? Yep. Ooh, so from the from the other part of my my um, profession is, is is teaching medical students um, for for that. So that eventually would love to be a full a full professor. I'm assistant professor right now, but that's kind of more on the academic part of it. Just so that um, you know, just going through that process and staying in academia, so that the next generation of doctors that I can be a part of, and if they happen to be athletes, even better. Um, but if they're if they're not, then just that part of helping um, the next generation, like with with you know. Com- continuing to do that part of it. Um, as far as from the clinical standpoint of it, I think just really being able to be the, you know, a sports medicine physician that um, that can be can be trusted and physician that can be trusted and should be trusted or being able to communicate well. When I say it in goal, I think being able to, at the end of my career, being able to say that, hey, I, did I always get everything absolutely right? No. But did I always make sure that I was doing what was best that I thought was best for the patient and communicated this and did this with the utmost integrity along the way? Like that's, that's, that's my goal every day. And that's my ear end kind of career goal um, as well, as far as from that, that part of things. Um, when I think about like, just um, where I guess I want to be like, I, I love where I am now. I, I really do. And I love being able um, to be in a college, a college setting um, for, for um, with sports medicine, because of that transition between being like a kid and transitioning to an adult of, of how that matters, both with your sport life, all of those things. And I, I think it's just kind of a cool um, environment, but still very competitive and people being serious about, about what they're doing. Um, so that, that's, that's awesome. And so I would, I mean, that's something I'll do, if, you know, win the lottery. I still want to, I still want to actually do that, you know, so I actually Help still want in those to, critical to work. Maybe it won't be the same hours, but I still want to do what I'm doing. And, and I, I, that's what, again, when I enjoy that and found something that I love that much and that like, when we get off this call, I'll probably go read about something that I saw today. Like I'm excited to go do that. <laughs> like it doesn't feel forced anymore. And it feels like, Oh, I was excited to go like practice. Like, man, it, it sunk while I was there, but I know what, what the end part is in the end 
goal is for for doing that preparation. So, yeah. Well, that is the definition of success. So thank you so much, Dr. Layla Isaac, mm-hmm. for giving us the blueprint to success and just everything throughout the medical profession and just from the building blocks in high school to transitioning to college and transitioning um, all the way to the professional that you are now as a, as a doctor down in, in Florida. So we just, again, thank you so much. And remember, guys, like focus Manage your focus when you're going through these things. Have a plan when you're going through this process because it can be tricky. A lot of things come up. There can be naysayers about the process. But do your research and expose yourself to different opportunities, different things that the sports ecosystem can provide you because you get a critical view. Like Layla said, she got interested in seeing even our mom's a physician. She saw a sports doctor at the um, at practice and that kind of you know, sparked her interest to go down the career path that she is on now. So like there's a lot of things when we just talk about exposure and using this process to get that critical view and really set yourself up for success. We heard Layla talk about how excited she is and where she is at the end of the day. And that's what we all want to use this sports ecosystem for because he put so much time in as an athlete in high school and all those good things. So again, thank you, Dr. Layla Isaac. When you guys get a chance, like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, and we, like I said, when Blue Chip Academy is here and you get a chance to check out the football and business masterclass and download the recruiting checklist for all your information so you're making informed decisions throughout this process and we're signing out i guess class is dismissed thank you for tuning in to this episode of blue chip academy to help navigate the recruiting waters lig sports group put together a blue chip recruiting checklist download your checklist at ligsports.com blue chip academy to ensure you're making informed decisions through this process hit subscribe and check out the lig sports group football ops and recruiting youtube channel where we'll talk about the recruiting and other critical points in the football ecosystem. If you're feeling stressed, confused, or just want help putting together a blue chip blueprint for you and your son, don't hesitate to book a console call with me at ligsports.com backslash blue chip academy. Remember, everyone has a different journey. Keep sharpening and remember that you can only go to one school. Just make sure that you have your blue chip blueprint together and execute it. Life is good.